Here, Mike, you can take the mic. <laughs> go. good. How do you remember things that you don't want to forget? How do you remember things that you don't forget? Do you tie a string around your finger? We don't, you know, maybe we don't do that as much anymore. Uh, maybe you set an alarm on your phone. Uh, maybe you put post-it notes up. There's lots of ways to remember things that, uh, so we don't forget, right? Sometimes we have, uh, personally, this, this remembering our passwords, that's become a full-time job almost. I, you know, I forget the password, and I don't want to write them down because if it falls in the wrong hands, and then they're going to know my password. Remembering things. Sometimes memories of certain experiences are so fresh with us. Um, they're so clear in our lives. The moment that I said, I do, I remember that moment. I remember the moment that I held my first child. Those are not going to go away. But there are other times that memories in our lives, significant things from a long ago, are hard to recall. Sometimes if it's just thinking and meditating on that moment, you are able to recall that in your mind. Other times we need uh, something to kind of jar our memory or awaken or jog our memory so that we remember those things that are important to us. Maybe it's an external clue, uh, something from our senses. You want to remember something about your parents, and, and maybe if you, you cook a meal that you had as a kid, you can remember parts of that. Those senses are awakened. Or maybe you visit certain spots or remember uh, those moments. Maybe it's at Disneyland or at the beach or wherever. It helps you remember important things. Or maybe it's just listening to certain music. You can remember those important parts of your life. We throw parties to remember important moments in our lives, right? Anniversaries and birthdays. Churches also celebrate together. Did you know that in our presbytery, there's a handful of congregations that have celebrated their centennial, a hundred years as a congregation in Orange County? I think that's amazing. There's a handful of them, two or three, that are celebrating 140 years of being here as a congregation, regularly meeting in Orange County. It's amazing. We're just about, just a little over 30 years old here at Tribuco Presbyterian Church. Yay, us, right? That's awesome. Remembering. Remembering. To remember obviously means just to call things back to our mind, but more more often than not, if you're like me, often I just think remembering is as simple of recalling facts or where I left my car keys or the directions to a place I haven't been in a long time. In our sermon series, the language of hope, words of comfort and call, we're exploring a handful of words, Hebrew words, that help us understand this nature, our nature, God's nature and, and our relationship with God in a unique way. And, and these biblical words open up some new ideas or new ways to think about our relationship with God. And this morning, that word for remember or remembering is sakar. It's used over 200 times in the Bible. Zakar. Now, it means, of course, those simple things remembering this, uh, where your car keys are, of course. But there's a deeper understanding, too, to remembering. 
than this biblical word. Moreover, this biblical word, zakar, is a key component in our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. Remembering is core in our life of faith with God, cultivated and nurtured through the practice of remembering. And so because of that, there are times when God is the subject of remembering, when it's about God remembering, and there are other times when it's about our remembering God. So here's a couple examples. One is in Genesis, when it says that God remembered Noah out there on the ark. It says it like this, I will remember, Zakar, my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature, all flesh, and the waters will never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The, when the bow is in the clouds, the rainbow, I will see it and remember Sakar, God is the subject of remembering. I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature and all flesh that is on the earth. God is the subject of remembering. Now, it's kind of interesting. Does God forget? Did he just like wake up one morning like, oh, no, I forgot about Noah. He's out on the water. He's got all the animals. Oh, and his alarm went off or his phone, you know, what? Not quite like that. It's more like God in remembering, God's remembering is about action. God acting. God remembering his covenant with humanity. God doesn't, he has a sticky note in the sky, right? The rainbow. It's interesting how it says, I put that rainbow up there so I will remember. The rainbow is for God to remember what he has promised. When it says remember, it's about acting. Acting on our behalf. Acting on Noah's behalf. Remembering is about action. God's people also pray for God to remember. Remember your compassion, God. Remember. Remember us. But forget about our sin. Don't remember our sin. We heard it earlier, read so well by Nancy. Lord, remember your compassion, your faithful love. They are forever. But don't remember, don't zakar our sins or our wrongdoing. Remember me according to your faithful love. For the sake of your goodness, O oh Lord, remember. Don't forget or discard me, but please Forget about my trespasses, Lord. Forget our sin. What does it mean for God to forget our sin? Well, it means God won't hold it against them. Literally, remember against. He will not punish according to his decrees. He will put their sin aside. He will forgive. Is that what we are to do when we're called to forgive? To forget? We don't suddenly forget, erase from our memory banks. Hey, forgive and forget. We've heard that before. We all know what it's like to be hurt by someone we love and how hard it is to forgive. But forgiveness is deciding to put it aside. 
to put that harm aside. Even, it might be out of our mind, but the memory will still be there. It doesn't go away. Forgiveness doesn't mean pretending it never happened. Forgiveness, or rather in terms of deciding not to remember in, in terms of that I will hold it against that person. Or I will seek revenge against that. Whatever you did to me, you better look out. It's setting aside resentment, anger, and bitterness. That's what God does. He sets it aside. It doesn't hold it against us. Likewise, God is the subject of remembering, as the psalmist says, remember your covenant. Remember, don't forget your people. Remember, and as Isaiah says, God has inscribed our names on the palm of his hand. Remember my name. Remember my name, God. Isaiah also says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In biblical Hebrew, to, to forget someone's name is paramount to them never existing. The extermination of a name is the strongest expression of annihilation. When we were in Israel um, in October, we went to a Holocaust museum not far outside of Jerusalem. And it's a stark reminder of the Holocaust, and it's very active. And you go through and you re recall that, was, that event and the horrors of that. At the very end, you're invited into a room a large circular room, and it has a platform that you're able to go up and be inside that circular room and in the middle of it. And you can look around, and you can look all the way around, and on the shelves all along around are books and volumes holding the names. The names. All the names. Thousands and thousands and thousands of names. And you sit there, and the, the point of that, they will not be forgotten. They will not be forgotten. That's how powerful the name. God will not forget our names. He will not forget our names. We, too, practice that, remembering, remembering names of those we love, we have lost, you know, that's one of the reasons we're planning um, in December, on December 1st, the evening of December 1st, Thursday evening, we're going to offer an opportunity to gather here in this sanctuary, and I've called it, and I've borrowed this name from other congregations, we're going to call it Blue Christmas. You see, during Christmas time, during the holidays, it's often we're supposed to be always happy, always cheerful. And yet there will be an empty chair around our tables. We've suffered loss, maybe through the pandemic, maybe loss from a long time ago. We still experience that loss. And sometimes the holidays are the most difficult time. But a healthy way is to deal with it. And a healthy way is to be together and to pray for one another. So on Thursday, December 1st, here on the, in the sanctuary, Kalyan's going to play the piano. We are going to pray. We're going to have opportunities to light a candle in memory of someone, remember someone we love that we've lost. Maybe it's 
a relationship that's been lost. Maybe it's a friendship, whatever, whatever loss we experience. We're going to help each other. And it's not just for us, too. I, I would love for you to invite your, a friend or a colleague at work that has maybe experienced some loss in their life. This will be a healing time as we go through the holidays together to remember, to remember. Now, as God is often the subject of remembering, we too are the subject of remembering. Remembering what God has done on our behalf. In Deuteronomy, it says, Remember, the Lord is your God. He is the one who gives you strength to be prosperous in order to establish the covenant he has made with your ancestors. Remember what God has done. Again, in Deuteronomy, remember, Zakar, that you were held as captives in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Remember. The Passover feast was to be celebrated every year as a remembrance of being delivered from Egypt. God's deliverance of his people. Remembering. When Jesus gathers together with his disciples on that last meal, it was a, a meal of remembrance. It was the Passover. And they were going to gather together. Forgive the story again of, of Israel that we just got back, but all these things are so fresh in my mind. We went to the historical place of the upper room where Jesus gathered his disciples together. And we sang a song together as our group. And then the members of our congregation, we gathered together in a, a corner and we prayed. We prayed for you. And we remembered you by name, those who are going through difficult things. We remember, in the upper room, we remembered you, our congregation, our faithful congregation. It was a powerful moment for us. And here in this room, this is where Jesus gathered his disciples together. And this is what it says out of Luke. When that hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and after saying, at supper, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you. And though Luke doesn't record in remembrance of me, Paul does in Corinthians, in remembrance of me. Some translations say, in memory of me, or every time you eat it, in memory. In memory of me. Now, he's not saying to this just so that they don't forget their relationship with Jesus. They don't forget, oh, yeah, remember that guy? What's his name? He was rabbi. He's not saying it that way. 
No, it's a concrete remembering to bring back the past to the present. Not of sins, but rather the sacrifice itself. Jesus crucified, risen, conquering sin and death. Victorious over death. So in taking the bread and taking the cup, we identify with his body and his blood. Dear friends, remembrance is a core component in our life of faith. Remembering what God has done on our behalf. And remembering that God does not forget us. God is the subject of remembering, and we are the subject of remembering. God brings us to his mind. We pray, we call out to God. God remembers and takes action on our behalf. Likewise, we are to remember what God has done for us and done for us as a congregation. Remembering is essential to our life of faith. And so that's why it's essential as a congregation we gather around this table together, a table that the Lord has set. And at the meal they were together, he washed their feet. And when they reclined at the table, Jesus took the bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. Friends, let's receive the bread of life. Amen. And in the same way, at the end of the meal, he took the cup. He said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood. For you. Whenever you drink this, remember, remember me. So let's, in our unity of faith, dear friends, let's take the cup together.